This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Armchair Cricket Podcast. a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game i'm your host giri and after a few weeks of absence i have my co-host ajit joining us back on the podcast uh, as you all know ipl has just started in india and i guess ajit was busy making all the arrangements when he was there so welcome back ajit how are you how was your brief winter uh, escapade hi giri uh thanks uh, it was a good one i mean i must say i inspected all the grounds and i must say yeah. i'm happy with the let's say the covid based uh, precautions that has been taken i i'm still mm-hmm. not happy about mumbai being one of the venues i had a chat with mr shah about it uh, but uh, i guess mr azuddin's lobby is not yet so powerful but you know what uh, write it down in a week's time maybe 10 days time by the time the tournament has finished about half of its number of matches the scheduled matches from mumbai will move to hyderabad this is the discussion i've had with mr azaruddin and everybody seems to have agreed wow okay so you are in close contact with uh, mr azaruddin that's great Indeed. well i mean you started the joke right so you remember that uh, very famous joke about employee compensation that uh, an it employee gets talking when he starts a new job right so this is something like that i mean you started something outlandish so why not me continuing it so well anyway it was um, well uh, well i i would say well needed vacation for me i don't know if it was well deserved as one of my colleagues i'm sure there was a more than a bit of jealousy when he said it i don't deserve a vacation yet uh, but yeah i needed right. it so it was a good one i spent some time with family and friends and uh, i'm hoping my batteries are charged i'll get to know shortly and uh, when i truly begin when i truly immerse myself as they say the first week is still you know waking up to the reality that we have set up for ourselves and then maybe in a week i'll know if my batteries are truly charged right kiri yeah of course uh, i think i mean i'm i'm very happy to have you back again i think uh, we've had quite a bit of a lull right i think nearly a month or a couple of weeks at least since we had a last episode so so really looking forward to chatting about cricket again so as 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 we just said you know the ipl has started uh, you might as well uh, start looking at the ipl um you know ongoings uh, uh, on the field so ipl mm-hmm. started like i think nearly 3 4 days ago i can't remember when it was we've already had six or seven games right indeed it's all it's only been one game a day so far yeah so far yeah oh thank god thank god for that and we've had quite an interesting ipl right so we had a few high scoring games and then we also had the old fashioned low scoring games where you know you win the toss you bat first and then you defend a score mm-hmm. uh, i think we had this chat off air uh, about you know all these close games that we had yesterday and also one today we'll come to the details again mm-hmm. but uh, i think i mentioned this off air it sort of reminded me of the uh, 90s or late 80s early 90s when you know india were playing pakistan and uh, pakistan would restrict india always you know india india would always be restricted to a uh, um 
well, they would defend their score. Let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, India would be very close to winning the match, but then they would lose it. You know, this, as famously said by everybody during up here, I think, uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we had a couple of those games. Do you want to discuss the first game, or uh, how do you want to proceed? Well, look, let's maybe skip through some of the games that were, let's say, at least they finished in a conventional manner, right? So, mm-hmm. when we look at the game between, let's say, KKR and SRH, KKR romped home thanks to a very large total. Right? And Rana scored a very big total, a very big score for himself. Then the party scored a 50 and then the bowlers helped. right? And then mm-hmm. the next game where Sanju Samson's heroics really, really wonderful, wonderful game where such a high scoring game where he himself, by himself, nearly pulled off a victory. even backed himself up until the last ball of the innings, right? And, you know, this is something we can quickly have a chat. Did he do the right thing by, you know, turning down the single in the last, but one ball where five runs required? Would he have exposed somebody like Chris Morris, who was actually the guy standing on the non-striker's end? It was only going to be a single. There was no point of running two there. It was going to be too tight. In that case, I mean, did Anju Samson, having put in such a stellar effort, did he did he stumble at the last, just in front of the gate, Giri, or did you think that was the right move and they were just unlucky to not finish off? Um, I think he was just unlucky to not finish it off. I think he he was playing quite well. I think you also saw in the final over he hit a six over extra cover and it's one of the most difficult shots to play mm-hmm. over cover inside out. Mm-hmm. And he has all the shots in the book. And he was in very good form. He was in good touch as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was helped by a drop catch by KL Rahul earlier in the game. Right. right? So he would, should have been dismissed much mm-hmm. for a much cheaper score. Right. But then, you know, he cashed in. He b- basically stood out there uh, for his team t- until the end. And he almost saw them home. I mean, you can't blame him for that. So uh, even though, you know, people were joking that they paid a hell lot of money for Chris Morris. <laughs> Only to, you know, leave him out there at the non-striker's end. Uh, I mean, I think Chris Morris is also a good striker of the cricket ball. Mm-hmm. He's capable of hitting a, you know, big shot. Maybe he was not used to the pace of the pitch. Uh, so, probably Sanju Samson thought he had a better chance of finishing it off. But it's, they came very close. I think it, it was a very well-played, uh, well-made century. I think 120-odd runs, right? So, it's a big score. Mm-hmm. And he came at one down, so he batted there pretty much 16-17 overs. So, it was a long innings and it's also very uncharacteristic of uh, Sanju Samson to stay out there for such a long time. I think he showed great composure and also he has learned a lot, I guess, uh, from his previous, uh, you know. Uh, I think he always promised a lot, but he never delivered. I mean, he only delivers once or twice in a season. And this is the first time I think we saw very mature innings. Uh, probably he was probably helped by Sangakara. I think Sangakara is making a difference. I see that already. So it's probably going to. Uh, I think it, it. I hope that it continues because I'm a fan of his uh, batting. He really lies very easy on the eye. I think there's there was even a comparison made when the commentators were talking to Sangakara. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they asked him if he reminded if Sanju Samson reminded him of uh, Jayavardhana. Wow. I sort of agree. High yeah, praise. But, uh, yeah. Look. I mean, I'll start off right there where you started that or where you ended that, you know. Uh, I read in an interview, Sanju Samson says every time he walks away from Sangakkara after a chat, he's more clearer as, as to how he has to approach his game. 
that that's something special right so sangakara the maturity i mean i must be frank i was a bit surprised when sangakara accepted the role of a team director in an ipl team because this guy is now currently also the president of mcc right he's the outgoing president at least and for him to sort of take up a role of an ipl team director probably is you know logically the next step but a team like uh, rajasthan who who are more money ball than money bags right it also fits with him so initially it took me back by surprise but now i understand this is a long term move as far as rajasthan royals are concerned and if he's able to give these sort of innings or these sort of inputs that helps the players of rajasthan i think they are going to continue to be a money ball approach and what won them the tournament in the first season probably we may see a comeback to those days uh, whether they'll really go on to win we don't know but at least they are going to out go out there and perform uh, to their best right this is one thing so going back comparing sanju samson to somebody like zevardana i mean i'm sorry to be blunt about it no that's that's oodles of steel what you don't see in zevardana are the lot of steel that always was under all of those innings you see the velvet always the smoothness of the strokes but the mental makeup the mental strength scoring 100 in a world cup final let's not forget this is zevardana right and um, many of his hundreds i remember were scored under immense amount of pressure same for sangakara for that matter so but we'll get into it an, in another time because even though we are test match fans at least cup coming couple of episodes i think it'll it'll all be about short format cricket right so going back into this game look i also appreciate a lot of a uh, lot but was said and in the way his innings was you know the way he paced his innings um lot of praise from all quarters right from pundits from fans like uh, let's not forget there were three chances that he offered before he crossed 50 but he made it count and he very nearly won a game and there are a couple of shots that will stay with me forever there was a there was actually a loft or extra cover that went for a six it it appeared he would probably just cross the 30 yard circle and maybe get two it just kept going so when he hit the last shot i thought there you go he hit the same shot again for that ball to just land a couple of meters short of the boundary i think it was one of those things it was very unfortunate but he very nearly pulled it off so it was a really really special innings and we really hope he's a special player right so for me the way i look at it it's always in his head so if he can if this is an innings that can turn it around for him as from his career perspective he still has a long career ahead of him in ipl maybe even in internationals right he got a very short opportunity for india maybe he gets opportunities in other formats and also you know gets a chance to play for himself let's see how that all goes but one thing i wanted to also mention is right the bowling of arshdeep in the last over so considering the amount of runs that were scored already and bowling a last over with just 13 to defend right that, that uh, something has to be said about this guy as well and kl rahul backing him all the way and then yeah. giving him the last over ahead of somebody like shami or jay richardson right international quality bowlers so that was very good to see and of course uh, look the innings that kl rahul himself played at the top of the order right and deepak huda who you know blasted six sixers all of them were a clean yeah. clean hits huge hits as well right you could see the difference when they were they both were batting on how huda hit versus how kl rahul hit right and that was an interesting contrast i mean we'll not go too deep into it otherwise we'll probably talk another 40 minutes about it but all in all a very instructive instructive uh, let's say match as far as i am concerned it promises a lot 
such a tough competition that something could could have been a walkover you know the opposition could have finished a 150 with 150 or something but they came very close so it it bodes well because the same thing has continued on look if you if you were to look yeah. at the next couple of games i mean i will use the word choke right so it's nothing but that so mumbai indians scored a subpar uh, 152 versus kolkata night riders kolkata night riders coming off a big win versus srh in, the, in their first game right and they looked very confident at the halfway mark it was clearly a game that uh, kolkata night riders should win everybody thought right so when you look at mumbai's innings you see a pattern here so rohit sharma 43 right at the top of the order he stayed quiet for long long periods until you know surikumar yadav hit kept hitting surikumar yadav is again his maturity is blossomed out into the best version of himself he can be i guess so he scored 56 but then the moment surikumar yadav was dismissed nobody could really hang on hardik pandya seemed to struggle krunal pandya got off a few shots kairan pollard really struggled so i think it's it's this chennai pitch something something in it in the latter half the last five hours scoring becomes really tough rohit sharma was dismissed two balls into the last quarter so 15.2 rohit sharma was dismissed the score was 115 from that point on a team like mumbai with if you can imagine you have kairan pollard hardik pandya and krunal pandya who are the let's say the upcoming batsmen all they could do was score uh, 37 runs in the remaining 28 balls that's very tough to believe right well i mean it looks like that was 10 runs too many from that same point because when you look at kkr they were 122 at the end of 15 overs when nitish rana was out that was a freak dismissal i'll get into kkr right nitish rana sort of did what surikumar yadav did but at a slightly slower pace but he had shubman gill to start him off so they got them off to a very nice start that meant going at nearly 9 an over you thought okay this is dead and buried but then you got the same thing two tops two two of the top scores of the team coming in from the one of the top 3 or two of the top 3 and that's it nobody could kick on oyen morgan tried and failed i think for me tripathi oyen morgan and shakib alhasan will look at themselves very hard here because those three number 3 4 5 in the order nobody kicked on nobody even played as you know a game an innings like if i were to compare manish pandey like innings today that was really crucial for them because the moment nitish rana was dismissed the score was 122 they were ahead by almost 10 runs they were ahead of mumbai indians by 10 runs at that stage and they couldn't hit the remaining 31 32 runs so even requiring run a ball so even um, when shakib threw it away i'll use the word threw it away two balls later after nitish rana you still had dinesh karthik and andrew russell at the crease two of probably top five top eight finishers in t20 cricket um i think dinesh karthik still has a lot to offer as a finisher and we don't have to talk about andrew russell right they couldn't finish it at all so from that point on kolkata knight riders have scored 20 runs can you imagine an ipl team scoring 20 runs in the last five hours that actually happened so this is a very interesting pitch kiri the chennai pitch yeah i think there was also an interview um i think maybe after the first power play in kolkata knight riders innings uh the commentators interviewed uh, baz you know brendan mccallum and they asked him if he was feeling comfortable if the dugout was feeling comfortable about their start and if they were going to win the game but he was very nervous he didn't uh, of course he was not being very uh, let's say hopeful about it he was a bit nervous he said ah we have to see mumbai indians are champion teams you know they can always come back so be careful we are at least satisfied with where we are and then on cue i think right after the interview shubman gill was uh, dismissed 
uh, and then as you said you know rahul tripathi was dismissed and then all the other wickets kept falling uh what i felt very bad about was uh, the way uh, nitish rana was dismissed actually so nitish rana he was looking good i i know he was playing a more attacking innings compared with the other batters in the squad after shubman gill was dis- dismissed right nobody else right nobody else apart from these two guys shubman gill and nitish rana if you look at the scorecard went into double figures all of them were single figures and this is incredible right so he i think should have been there he should have been there till the end at least he should have taken responsibility uh, and what i didn't understand at that point was uh, you know uh, the approach that shakibul hasan took and that for me is a bit uh, surprising because he's normally a bit calm uh, compared with the others i would say owen morgan we we know what sort of a tactics he always em- uh, employs right so he's an attacking batsman he doesn't stop scoring he always tries to hit it out yeah but coming back to the question about the pitch itself yeah i think this is a very different ipl pitch i think this is i don't know i mean this is comparable with a test match pitch uh, where things start happening on day 4 and day 5 maybe it equates to the same uh, after the let's say 13th or the 14th over in each batting innings something happens i think when the ball gets soft maybe it doesn't come onto the bat or maybe it sticks in the pitch if you bowl cutters Uh, it probably is a recurring theme i don't know what's going to happen in the next matches if they're going to play on a similar wicket or if they're going to prepare something different so uh, <laughs> it it really you know um, at least it gives us a lot of good entertainment not in terms of high scoring matches but at least very closely fought or closely finishing uh, game so let's keep this going i would say i mean i do, i would i would really not like this to stop let's mm. see some some things being done also by the bowlers not just the batters they were probably not played on uh, same the same pitch so does that mean the entire square has such a quality or maybe as exactly. you say the upcoming pitches are probably going to be harder and truer uh, for the entire 40 hours let's say right so something to really look forward to so very strange pattern when you look at it and the same pattern was again repeated so but before we go there i think a word of praise for both the spinners of mumbai so before the ipl 2021 began there were a lot of let's say uh, reviews and previews that were given by people saying the spin contingent of mumbai is still very weak they somehow sneak through uh, thanks to the brilliance of players all round that they get to show but i think uh, krunal pandya four hours 1 for 13 and rahul chahar four hours 4 for 27 they made a huge difference on this pitch i think rahul chahar at least two of his wickets were just people who were trying to slog him and got out but that, that's not his fault right he kept bowling in the right areas so he got four wickets very deserved and uh, also deservedly the man of the match in that game so coming on to the next game again in the same chennai stadium it was between royal challengers and sunrisers that happened today giri so i i don't know how much of it you got to follow because i think you followed it very sporadically you were telling me yeah not much i i saw the over when uh, virat kohli and maxwell hit 20 runs uh, of the over of uh, shabaz nadim i think and i was actually surprised that it was it was another uh, 150 or uh, even less than 150 score that rcb made and then i thought you know rcb are back to their old ways right so <laughs> they always promise so much at the beginning of a tournament and then they uh, fade away and i was thinking the same but i think you followed this match very closely and you were even telling me i think we were on a call you were explaining to me what was going on when i was driving Indeed. outside it was quite nice it was a ball by ball update uh, for the last uh, two yeah. hours of uh, the chase right so before we go there i mean a word of praise for glen maxwell 
the way he paced his innings was perfect because he seemed to have already understood how the pitch will behave and instead of going gung ho from let's say the 15th 14 15th over onwards he held himself back right until the 17th 18th over and he saw that abd vs came and went washington sundar came but struggled couldn't really get going and dan christian again came and went so kyle jamison he waited until he had kyle jamison with him and it was see in the last 5 to 8 overs of a t20 it will be five balls 10 balls that you get to face once you have wickets in hand you go out and you try to score at 150 plus right that's that's the mandate only kyle jamison was able to do a bit of that and uh, washington sundar personified that struggle because i remember he scored a boundary of the first ball of an over i think must must be the 16th or 17th i can't remember but then the rest of the over he struggled to get it off the square he is unable to time he is this guy is a natural timer of the ball he doesn't look to muzzle the ball he plays in a you know orthodox way and he couldn't he couldn't really hit the ball off the square on the other hand maxwell kept biding his time waiting for a ball that he knew was in his let's say ball park and he he would clearly hit it for a six or a four and he continued waiting one thing i like to mention is the way rashid khan was used by um, the skipper of srh warner because he held him back for the right points in time and rashid khan has always delivered so he held him back for the last quarter of the overs and then he took out um, abd villiers and washington sundar most importantly abd villiers because if you can imagine abd villiers sticking together and if abd villiers is able to replicate what he did in the first game for rcb probably the total would have been 170 that would have been a very tough total to chase right and then 149 looked i i remember tweeting they looked about 15 runs to like the way you started uh, the chase you would imagine the first 10 overs if the opposition got to 90 or 85 the chase would be done understood but then again this chennai pitch we didn't account for jason holder bowled really well took three wickets rashid khan i mentioned already two wickets and good support from bhuvneshwar kumar and natarajan right so when they started first of all i think muhammad siraj started really well i made him over to begin with of which there were four buys and then uh, the second over as well he considered a wide and a single that's about it so vridhiman saha was under pressure nine balls one run scored he got out mohammad siraj trying to slash him over point but just gave it to maxwell it was a very hard hit maxwell judged it well and took it but then warner and pandey set it up beautifully so what goes away here is that they were always ahead of rcb up until let's say the 11th over from then onwards the score started becoming equal thanks to that 20 run over that you just described if that was the only over you saw in the game at least in the first half you would think rcb are headed for 180 but then again i told you the vagaries of this pitch and then same thing happened exact same thing happened to sunrisers they have rashid khan who came in and scored a 17 but after number 2 and number 3 david warner 54 and manish pandey 38 nobody could johnny bersto scored well but he didn't stay as well he got dismissed by shahbaz ahmed there was one over of madness that really cost uh, sunrises the game because three people got out so manish pandey and um, johnny best were the set batsmen right going into the um, so the disaster over was the 16th over first ball of that over bowled by you know shahbaz ahmed johnny best tried to hit top edge got out caught by the keeper second ball of that over strike is exchanged the other set batsman manish pandey tries the same thing gets caught by short third man and the sixth ball of that over abdul samad tries the same thing and is caught nobody seemed to have learned the lesson that tonk it around get ones and twos get get the let's say the pace of the pitch don't leave it to a later batsman 
so i think this is the story the what maxwell showed that you have one batsman from the top 3 or four has to stay i think this is the mistake manish pandey made and probably he's kicking himself because i think we saw one game last season where him and i think vijay shankar got bogged down and they lost last season where they couldn't chase run a ball or so same thing happened here today he got bogged down the moment david warner was dismissed he is not able to pick up the scoring in the next three overs he is continuing to score at run a ball and that was going to be detrimental what i really liked vijay shankar jason holder threw it away rashid khan came out with a clean mindset first ball he faced from uh, mohammad siraj was a fast one wide but he cleanly cut it over point for a six then he scored another boundary he was the one only one who looked like who was going to probably get sunrises across the line nobody else looked like they knew what they could do right but unfortunately with just three balls left or two balls left even i think he tried to go for a double that was not there he tried to even make one run short i don't know if it was uh, conscientious or just happened he tried to come back but he was run out by like half the length of a pitch in the last over bowled by harshal patel who's now apparently the designated finisher as far as rcb is concerned again lots of cutters so he saw that the first ball he bowled that was in rashid khan's half he hit for a boundary so the moment he saw it he started bowling short slower balls again the ball sort of sticks in the pitch it never reaches the batsman and rashid khan tries to take a double tries to take another double i think and then gets run out and that was it arshal patel bowled a no ball and that got sent to a boundary that was the ball i think it was a full toss that it sort of slipped it was going to be a slower yorker or something it slipped out of his hands rashid rashid khan i thought it was a bit harsh on the bowler but that went to a four and then after that by then already let's say he had already learned his lesson arshal patel and kept bowling slower balls or cutters into the pitch and that was that so another choke giri yeah i mean i don't know if you can call it a choke uh it has happened twice so I, i mean i don't know if two teams can be choking in succession but yeah it's it's one of those uh, matches again i think low scoring contests always make the best spectacle uh, so you have less pressure you go out you know all guns blazing and then the batting team you know the team that bats uh, in the second innings have some sort of a scoreboard pressure and they always want to win uh, quickly uh, maybe several different factors like you know improving their net run rate or something and then they basically lose track of the the actual goal which is to win the match to finish the job so two teams have not done it now in succession so let's see what happens in the next match in chennai uh, i'm i mean i i hope this continues as like i said because i really want to see something for the bowlers uh, let's see if it continues look i'll 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 tell you why i used the word choke there because how did rashid khan score 17 of 9 on the same pitch in the same conditions so uh, for me there are condi- there are conditions which affect how the ball comes to you and but then it's your mindset i'll take you back to what you used the example of india losing to pakistan in late 80s early 90s mid 90s it was only a mental conditioning thing you could not unburden yourself of what you saw and you saw people struggling you saw people you respect as batsmen struggling and you thought oh my god how am i going to score on this pitch or something like this whatever that is right how did on the same pitch rashid khan score 17 of 9 16 and 14 he just waited for the faster balls or bad balls and he hit them for four what maxwell also did but the rest of the balls he tried maneuvering this is the important part he tried running twos one of those cost him his wicket but otherwise probably he had won the game for srh there right so for me it's all about the mental makeup so for example somebody like abdul samad had the game he didn't have the mental uh, let's say the makeup he had the game in his hands so if he had stayed 
instead of Rashid Khan. And if he had done that slightly above, slightly above in the order, Sunrisers would have won with four balls to spare, according to me. It, it's all about that. Just staying there because uh, we know Abdul Samad has big hits and he always to do his weight and he'll hit those, right? So, all in all, a very instructive couple of games. As far as I'm concerned, you're absolutely right. We really hope these continue. And in the other games, wherever they are played, let them be 220 beats, 210 or 222 chase down or whatever that is, right? So, as people who love these blows within blows or games within games, I guess we can discuss more in the upcoming episodes for these tighter games. I think we are looking forward to having uh, Rabada and Norke together for Delhi, Giri. Yeah, they should be playing their next game uh, for Delhi. I think they're finished their quarantine period and all that. Uh, so, some high-octane bowling, like we saw in the previous IPL. Andrich Nokia, I think he bowled some in excess of 154 kilometers per hour. I think mm-hmm. That was probably mm-hmm. the fastest delivery right. record in IPL. I don't know. I think it could have also been Bradley, but I think that was the fastest in recent memory. So, looking forward to that. And Delhi really looks strong this time with uh, Captain Ricky at the helm. Indeed. I mean, Captain Pant at the helm, I'm sure. Mr. Ricky supporting him. Ricky Ponting brings a winning mindset, right? He, he always led a team of champions, but he made sure they kept winning. So you can never credit him enough for that part of that run of Australia continuing on under his leadership, right? Have you seen that pep talk? Have you seen that pep talk he gave to the team uh, no. during one of the training uh, sessions? You no, should watch no. that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> he introduces himself as I'm Ricky. Uh, I'm from Melbourne and I am a father of two and, and something like that. He never speaks about him as himself as a cricketer or a former captor or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So you, you should watch that. I think I really recommend that. Well, you have three World Cups on your shelf. I am sure I could talk that way too. That's fine. But if you if you're a player who play under him, you know, if you if you were he was your coach, and if your coach talked to you like that, I think he would give you a different sort of a motivation. I know you're fully motivated, Ajit. So you don't need such pep talk, but there are others like me who probably need that a bit more than you do. Nah, it, it, that, that, was not, that was not my intention. What I meant is that showing yourself to be somebody normal is, is, is a great deal uh, for somebody like him, right? Exactly. That's what I meant. He's, he's very humble. When he walks into a room, you already have 12,000 test runs and whatever, 10,000 ODI runs and three World Cups walking in. But I mean, I'm sure... He's able to get himself down to the level of a Prithvi Shaw, somebody who's struggling, you know. And I think uh, you see that turnaround. I really hope another player who we know is very talented, much like Sanjo Samson, right? Who can convert into a career, long and fruitful career for himself at whatever level, right? Prithvi Shaw, we really hope. And somebody like Ponting, if he is able to get himself down to that level, mm. level of a Prithvi Shaw or a Prishap Pant or a whoever, Heinrich Narke, doesn't matter, right? So. That's great as far as that team is concerned and you're absolutely right. They've also plugged a couple of holes that they had in their, let's say, the planning. I think they, mm. it's, it's more, the team looks well balanced. So it, it looks interesting how, how they're going to perform in the next half of the IPL or next set of games for them. I'm spraying off topic here, but what do you think about uh, Rishabh Pant's captaincy under uh, Ricky Ponting? Too early to say. I mean, uh, one game is all we saw, yeah. I would say. And uh, not a lot. I think there were set plans. He executed them correctly. But I would like to see how he would uh, react when under pressure. When under, say, the pressure today Kohli was or yesterday. Rohit Sharma was, yeah. Absolutely. That, that would be a very interesting... Uh, no, these two are like chases where you are behind the eight ball. Uh, the team trying to chase is already ahead of you. From the 10th hour onwards, how do you react? Are there set plans for this? Yeah. Do you get enough in the timeout? But 
he's also a very young captain so i mean let's say few maybe a generation down the line 5 8 years down the line he'll probably captain india but um for now i think these are very important uh, learning days as far as rishabh pant is concerned i'm looking at the bigger picture here i mean i would love for him to win the ipl with delhi capitals but i'm more looking at if rishabh pant can be the finished article when he gets the chance to lead india whenever that opportunity comes i think it will come right yeah so if you were to summarize the t20 games that happened in this case there were two t20s that happened between south africa and pakistan and uh, well it might be an understand south africa but they are playing at home they will not be leaving it for pakistan to walk away with a easy series win i think and it's strangely a four match series i don't know what was the thinking behind it but four match series and when you look at this well the first game was won by pakistan comfortably the second of these now the they're playing in joburg and here you know it was sort of a it was a standard t20 not a lot to talk about um babar azam from number 3 i think he's he's gone to the next level i think we'll put put a pin in this something we can discuss today so he scored a 50 but only at run a ball he couldn't really accelerate at all uh, mohammad hafiz scored 32 but then once he was dismissed haider ali 12 hasan ali 12 not a lot of contributions and nobody really kicking it off scoring at a lot of uh, runs except i think hasan ali may have scored at 400 but it was only 12 so that meant they only finished at 140 good bowling by george linda who opened the bowling took 3 for 23 and then lizard williams who's a new player they're trying out south africa 3 for 35 and then when it came their turn to bat they had a clear mandate it looked like there were no demons in the pitch eden macram 54 of 30 and then um, and the class and finished off with uh, 36 of 21 uh, strangely aided by george linda who was i think promoted up the order to keep the right left combination going and uh, 20 of 10 right so that was a that was a let's say a um, template win as far as t20s goes chasing for uh, south africa but the third game that that was a very interesting game gary so as you were uh, earlier saying off air to me it was a real run feast at you know a, a typical t20 but with a with a sting in the tail in as much that south africa batting first on a very let's say juicy centurion pitch making 203 for 5 so first of all uh, great innings from yanaman malan 55 right at the top aiden mark from 63 scoring at uh, more than 200 then george linda promoted of the order scoring 22 rasif under addition 34 so good contributions right down the order i think pakistan did really well to pull them back so um, in the 14th over they were already 140 when they lost yanaman malan from that point you would say they, they should probably have hit 225 or more so they were probably a bit under par at 203 in 20 overs south africa so good bowling in the end by mohammad nawaz and shahin shah afridi and fahim ashraf i think they sort of kept them uh, from really crossing into two 220s and then when it came their turn to chase giri would you like to summarize how it went it i think it went only one way <laughs> precisely i think um what they had pakistan i think they've sorted out their uh, top order when it comes to t20s they have this uh, pugnacious little character called mohammad rizwan who can face up any sort of an attack so he shows that in his attitude even on the field when he's keeping uh, and he was joined by babar azam the captain and these two put on a huge humongous first wicket partnership an opening partnership of 197 runs in t20 inside of 18 overs and when uh, babar azam was out eventually uh, have after having scored a century 
Pakistan needed like you know I think maybe seven or eight runs. Uh, and all Fakhar Zaman who came in to do, I mean, he, when he walked in, he just needed to score two boundaries of the two balls he faced. That's it. The match was done. Mohammad Rizwan, of course, remained unbeaten on 73 runs. Um, it was relatively sedate, I have to say, compared with Babar Azam. And what is Babar Azam made of? This is the question I have. I think he's the next best thing. Well, he's probably already the next best thing. Uh, he scored 122 runs in 59 deliveries. Punctuated by 15 fours and four sixes, strike rate of in excess of 200, 206.77. That's incredible. I think we are probably seeing uh, probably a once in a generation player uh, playing for Pakistan. I don't know if this is a bit of a, an exaggeration, but I think this is really true. In my opinion, he's the next best thing. As I said, as I keep repeating myself anyway. Uh, and this guy oozes talent, and you you see. That he scores so many easy runs. It, it, it doesn't look like he's struggling when he's scoring runs. Everything is very fluent. So, and being a captain and after having won uh, an ODI series in South Africa, he is now continuing in that uh, with that uh, in the same rich vein of form that he he was in. So he's continuing that, and I think he also recently became the number one ODI batsman, uh, toppling uh, Virat mm-hmm. Kohli. So he's going. Up and up and up. I don't know where he's going to end up. He's probably going to beat all <laughs> the modern day records. I mean, Virat Kohli's will be a bit of a stretch. But uh, if you look at his batting stats, I think in the last couple of years, he has uh, prospered incredibly well. He has only played, I think, 30-odd test matches. He has an average of 44 in test cricket. Uh, and uh, in T20 internationals, he's now starting to do well. Of course, he has played 50 T20s and then he scored his first century T20 in this match. Um, his strike rate is quite good. I think his strike rate is something like 130. But where he has done well is the one days. He has played 80 one-day internationals uh, and he has scored almost 4,000 runs. I think he's touching, pushing 4,000. He's 3,800 runs uh, scored that much. Uh, and he has an average of 56, 56.8 to be precise at a strike rate of 88. But the interesting thing here is the number of centuries. He has scored 13 centuries and uh, 17.50. So his conversion rate is incredible, just like Virat Kohli. Uh, so in 80 tests, in 80 one-day internationals, he's already scored 13. So that's incredible. I think it's something like uh, five. Or in every six matches, he scores a century. So it's a very good conversion rate, I have to say. So yeah, I think it looks really good for Pakistan. I hope they have good players around him. I think they have talented bunch of players right now. Uh, but I hope that they let this team you know, perform in the longer duration, longer run. Give them a bit of a run. Uh, especially, uh, who is the coach? I forget his name. Ms. Baulak. Yeah, of course. Ms. Baulak, yeah. So I hope he gives them enough, <laughs> enough time to settle in. Uh, this team probably will carry them forward in the next five, six years. And it was also good to see, I think I have to mention this, the ODI series uh, that Sarthas was back in the uh, mm-hmm. squad for a match or something. It, it was very, it was quite funny. If you, uh, I think I caught that uh, a period of that uh, small passage of play where he was giving instructions to everybody. He was even giving advice to Babar, <laughs> forgetting that he is no longer the captain. But anyway, it was quite right. funny. Uh, but Babar, yeah, he's a special talent. Uh, I don't know what you have to say about him, but. Uh, I think uh, we are in for something really nice in the future. Look, I think he's, he's come out at the right time. 
he's basically let's say he's he's looking like for the lack of a better comparison like he's looking like kohli 5 uh, 6 years ago he's 26 years old uh, kohli also chose uh, odis as his format to sort of master himself so if you remember kohli also had similar stats probably at similar time and from that point on he was able to then go higher and higher so you as you were telling me off air in australia he has a 90 and 100 in his recent test tour of australia he gets more opportunities to go now play in uh, uk i think later this summer probably some tests so he he can then show what he's made of right so as a batsman i think he's right there so you see these the current let's say four top four or top five whatever you call he's definitely there where does he fit in in the top four or five let's say we'll discuss it at the end the way i look at it maybe we look at it differently but as a 26 year old all of these people are 30 31 32 so he is the next king so the he's the prince he's the let's say the heir apparent it's very clear doesn't matter which one of these four or five uh, will actually retire first and then they will all slowly walk out the door this guy is right there he will be 30 then 30 31 and waiting to sit on the throne he is your next king for sure as the best batsman of the next generation upcoming generation it will probably be babar azam maybe people like rishabh pant kl rahul from india you have markram from south africa right uh, you also have plenty of other cricketers from around the world who might probably join him in the next top 4 or 5 but the king of those top 4 or 5 for me will be babar azam right he'll probably be the top ranked odi test anti 20 batsman like kohli was for a very short period of time look you he said he dethroned kohli right and he did but that was a 41 month run at the top of the odi rankings that, that's fantastic that's that's very tough to replicate but yeah, yeah somebody can probably babar azam can right so for me what is more important is that the nature of pakistan cricket is a bit more uh, let's say fickle and there are other things off the field as well there is somebody who's made an acquisition not so good one against him we really hope these are all things that go away and they don't distract him from his career and also he's as you say if required he can give up the captaincy and sort of be a senior statesman quietly focusing on his own thing and doing his own thing like talis did okay but if he is able to keep the captaincy and do it that will be a really really uh, special effort from him given the way sometimes subcontinental teams captaincies uh, sort of you know it's always a very hot plate to sit on so i'm really hoping that um, babar azam graduates to the next level like we saw kohli did and maybe you know jorut and williamson i think have a more of a wave pattern which is common with many players kohli crested the wave for a couple of years we've seen a bit of a dip maybe it's the baby maybe it's all the traveling maybe it's the bubble but maybe he'll re- he'll rediscover it maybe he'll not but then one guy who's consistently doing good in cricket in at least test cricket is smith for me undoubtedly the best test batsman currently is smith kohli would come in second but on his day williamson would pick him for me um but when it when it comes to limited overs international kohli is still the king and uh, babar azam is the heir apparent but then in his career before his career is over babar may overtake kohli as the king when it comes to limited overs internationals and if, when we put together all of cricket i would still rank smith to be one because of i think he brings very very good qualities to a team and when needed he pulls out those tough innings kohli number 2 and then it's going to be a toss up between kane williamson and joe root because joe root has made a roaring comeback he scored 
double hundreds in the subcontinent, uh, 180 as well to go with that. So really in the next one or two years with two, I think, back-to-back World Cups to come in limited hours internationals, we are going to actually see this order sort of sort itself out. And who knows, because of the way he's playing, Babar Azam may push himself to be the top one or two batsmen out there, all format batsmen together. Right? What do you think? Uh, I do agree on your assessment about uh, the limited over format. I think Babar Azam is the heir apparent. He will. I mean, I don't think he'll overtake uh, Kohli's records. Kohli's records are unbeatable. I think one day internationals. He has already got forty-three hundreds in one day internationals. I think even Tendulkar had something like fifty, fifty, or I think maybe forty-eight or forty-nine. Tendulkar was fifty-one, forty-nine. I think fifty-one ODIs, forty-nine tests. Yeah. So. He has forty-three ODI hundreds and twenty-seven Test centuries. Uh, so it will take some. Uh, I think it will take some beating. Um, but it depends. I think Babar Azam, if he has that consistently performing team, where he is not just the only contributor, but there are also others, so so as to take the pressure off his shoulders, you know, with the additional responsibility that that he has as a captain. I mean, I personally don't see him do well. Won't see him doing well in the future if he continues to be the captain, knowing the volatility of uh, Pakistani cricket. Uh, maybe another two, three years, and then he'll just focus on his batting. I think that will be good for him, and for Pakistani cricket, and also world cricket for the next generation to come. So, looking forward to yeah, see him play more. I hope we get to see. <laughs> yeah, I I do hope that we get to see some Test series between India and Pakistan sometime, where we can actually see uh, <laughs> what he does against India. Indeed. So I mean, and from your uh, lips to the ears of the guards, whoever cricketing guards these might be, whether they sit in Mumbai or in Dubai, doesn't matter. We'll find. Well, I mean, there's one more T20 left. As I said, it's a weird four-match series, but that gives South Africa a chance to come back and you know square the series to all. Right now, it's two-one for Pakistan. So, but you know, as a limited overs leg or a limited overs series that they went, they they won the one-day series. At best, they will draw or they'll win joint. The T20 series so a very successful tour for uh, Babar as a skipper as well. Right now, if you were to look at some of the news from outside of the cricketing field, so Ricky Skerritt has been confirmed as the CWI president for the second term. So, well, it it it, it came out that you know the other two candidates, Anand Sanasi and uh, Calvin Hope, uh, were withdrawing. Right, so that basically meant Skerritt got sort of. Uh, elected on a post, but that's a good thing, I think, because I think he's trying to unite, let's say, the old way of thinking of the CWI cricket West Indies with the new way of what is required. Because as a small nation or a small set of countries and nations who provide a very entertaining cricket team to world cricket, I think they have to make some concessions in the way some of their players might want to pursue a career. So finding the balance between how they get their uh, Let's say their national team or the Caribbean team together versus how some other teams may have some rules for themselves. They may have to show some flexibility. I think that at least that's what uh, Skerritt has brought about. You can see Chris Gayle and Fidel Edwards being brought back into the um, teams, at least the T20 teams, right? In the T20 year, so with just the T20 uh, World Cup uh, in mind. So those are nice things I see, but also a lot of financial misappropriation he talks about and how he's trying to clean up. Uh, how much of it has really happened? We don't know, and how much of it is really ongoing, and how much of it will really show up? We are still waiting on all this, right? So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's uh, a good uh, 
a good move or a good uh, development in the caribbean uh, cricket world and we really hope he can take caribbean cricket to the next level along with the captains on the field in another news we talked a lot about ken williamson the quiet achiever that he is he has won the richard hadley medal for the best new zealand cricketer of 2020 and this is his fourth time winning this medal so not a lot of surprises there but our um, congratulations to ken williamson along with him uh, women all rounder uh, amelia kerr and uh, devon conway have also won big in the new zealand uh, cricket awards for 2021 season so congratulations to all of them in another news about you know psl so some good news there so we remember that psl was suspended due to many players testing positive and uh, you know probably a suspected breaches of the bubble so in this case pcb has managed has decided to outsource the management of the biosecurity protocol for psl and they are probably still looking for a management company even as we speak but the good news yep. is that it will resume on june 1st right and it will be held in pakistan as well so all of this is very very let's say positive news and even the um, location and where they will be held has been released all of them will be held in karachi and it will all be evening matches and wherever there are double headers it will 5 pm and 8 pm very similar to how ipl is held but which team or which management team will take over when it comes to covid safe technology and the let's say the policing of policies and other things remains to be seen but good news as far as psl fans everywhere are concerned in in a last of such world news that we want to focus on today heat stick has been handed a 8 year ban for corruption yeah i mean i really liked his bowling action i remember i still remember that uh, and i think as kids some of my friends we used to try and copy his action <laughs> when we were playing in our backyard so it's it's really shame he's admitted to five breaches of icc's anti corruption code some of these are very serious looking things because he's they say provided former bangladeshi captain's phone number to an indian bookie and vouched for that bookie when it comes to that captain and uh, he's been taking gifts two bitcoins converted to about 35000 eventually um, there are corrupt approaches under his overseeing in 2017 bpl 2018 bpl psl and ipl as well maybe they're suspecting right so these are all big big tournaments and he had as a former international cricketer and captain of zimbabwe and later on a fast bowling coach that worked with multiple two teams and multiple tournaments i think he had a very big let's say um, shadow unfortunately the disciplinary process took more than a year but it it's come out that he's basically yeah he's accepted to all those charges what i was referring to uh, at least it's very clear right this former bangladeshi captain actually lost a whole year of his career very recently it's it's all very unsavory as it comes out and unfortunately i looked up to his streak for much of his career as a lone fighter in a team Uh, that was sort of struggling to hold up its own he was one of the remnants of the you know the golden era of zimbabwe where with along with the strangs the flowers himself right they were able to stand up to some of the best teams in the world at that point in time right and then slowly that team disintegrated due to one reason or the other but this guy was the sort of straggling he he always cooperated with the board he always led the teams i remember in his last international as well he may have taken a 5-4 and i really really looked up to him as somebody who um did great things with cricket with what he was able to achieve for zimbabwe but this is a real blow i mean we really hope you know they get to the bottom of how much he has been able to influence other tournaments and things 
and uh, yeah we really hope this this saga ends here and now rather than really really going up so i mean i was just looking up his last two games his last test he has a 5 for uh, it was against india and india won by 10 wickets comfortably but he finished strong this is what i remember and anyway so uh, moving on let's take a look at the um, trivia section giri so would you like to take us through the trivia question from the previous episode and maybe the trivia question for this one yeah i think the previous trivia question was quite a while back it was relevant at that time because there was a test match that was going on between uh, uh, west indies and sri lanka uh, in west indies of course uh, so the question was uh, nisanka the sri lanka batsman he scored a debut 100 against west indies in that match um which was actually in the third innings so it was not the first innings but the third innings of the test match so that's sri lanka batting in their second innings so my question was uh, our question was which other player very famously scored a debut 100 in a test match uh, but in the fourth innings of the test match very recently and this was by a west indian batsman and uh, the answer for that question uh, is in fact Kyle Mayers who scored that famous 210 not out chasing down that mammoth target against uh, bangladesh in uh, wasn't that in dhaka i think it was in dhaka so it was a fantastic game i think it was a a victory against all odds if i'm honest so they <laughs> chased down a target of 395 mm-hmm. runs incredible mm-hmm. victory so one of the matches that will remain in uh, people's memories for quite a while just like the 153 not out like sel perer indeed and the yeah so the trivia question for this episode is right now we are you know we have ipl going on um so we thought it would be nice to have a question on ipl for a change so the question is uh, amongst all the current franchises that are active in ipl um one of the teams has had no centuries scored uh, by its captain so a captain playing for this franchise or no captain playing for this fr- franchise has scored a century so far in ipl uh would you know which team that is please let us know your answer so as a clue well we were discussing sanju samson the skipper of rajasthan scoring 100 so there are actually two teams who would have met this criteria uh, with sanju samson scoring 100 that leaves one team right and what we can tell you is it's not a defunct team it's a team that's been active from the beginning that's the clue right and surprisingly one of the first ever hundreds in the ipl probably was scored by one of their players so that's the clue we can give you so you know i think we have a lot of exciting games giri as far as at least t20 goes we have ipl um, unfortunately we might be test fans but i think we'll have to uh, make do with this and i think last year was the year we at least for me i fell fell in love back with ipl i think i don't know if it was the same for you i think it's true for me as well because there was no cricket at all for a few months so we were longing for some cricket and there was ipl so it had to be uh, yeah unfortunately but now i think i'm beginning to enjoy it again especially because of that low, of those low scoring games uh, in the recent uh, past but anyway more to come i guess indeed so lot to look forward to in the upcoming episodes as well uh, thanks a lot for all our um, no listeners who keep us, keep supporting us if you have any thoughts please do share it with us at armchair cricket on twitter we are usually online during international games and these days during ipl games as well 
and also you could leave it as a comment on any of the apps that you used to listen to us and also you could write into us via mail amchay.cricket@gmail.com having said all that it's a goodbye from me and it's a goodbye from him bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast